Good morning, good morning. Breakfast today is sponsored for Rifu Ashlemav, Gil Ben Olga, Yisrael Tawil Ben Bukas, Rina Tawil Bat Sarah, sponsored by Yigal Tawil, Bezat Hashem, Breakfast is also sponsored in loving memory of David God, Alava Shalom, beloved father of Stephen God, Lilu Nishmat David Ben Le'av and Nisan, Alava Shalom, sponsored by Stephen God. Vayikra El Moshe, and God called to Moshe. This pasuk that God called to Moshe is a sentence that we read in many different ways all throughout the Torah. And Hashem spoke to Moshe. I remember once I was a kid in camp, and the rabbi came, he says, I want to share with you the most beautiful pasuk in the whole Torah. And we're all thinking, Bereshit bara Elohim, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. All the very special pasukim that we have in the Torah. Az Yashim Moshe, wow, you know. What did he say? Vayedaber Hashem Moshe Lemor. We're all waiting for him to continue on to the good pasuk. And he goes, that's the most beautiful pasuk in the world. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that God himself could communicate with a human being that was created, that was born to a, a father and mother. What an unbelievable idea that is, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu could resonate on a frequency that a human being is on. Wow! And he went on for ages and ages speaking about that. So it's a very special thing that HaKadosh Baruch Hu could communicate with the Nevi'im, with the prophets. But I want to share with you something that I think is maybe even more powerful to us because of its relevance. The Gemara asks in Baba Batra, it says, when the people in the desert, after they did this terrible sin of the Meraglim, of the spies, so that was the final straw that broke the camel's back, after all the stories that happened beforehand with Korach and with the Egel. And with, finally, the final thing happens at the Meraglim, Hashem says, okay, chalas. That's it. We have a problem now. Now the people are not going into Eretz Israel. Who's going to go into Eretz Israel? Your children. But you, and you, this entire generation, for the rest of the, du the duration of 40 years, is going to spend in the desert until finally, after everyone passes away, the next generation, the children, are going to enter into the land of Israel. Okay? The Pasu, the Gemara says in Baba Batra, page 121, until the last person died, lo hayadiburi Moshe. From the time that the decree was made, until the end of the time of the desert, Hashem does not appear to Moshe. 38 years. So all the Mepharshim ask, whoa, one second. What are you talking about? You say that at that stage? What do you mean? At that stage? What, now after they all die? And it was when everybody, God spoke to me. So the Gemara says, up until that time, Hashem had not spoken to him. But the problem is that we know, and if you look, you'll see that there were times that Hashem communicates with Moshe. So what's going on here? And the answer is, as we said earlier also, the story of Korah. Hashem speaks to Moshe, that's after the Miraglim. So I want to read you the words of Rashbam. The Rashbam says as follows. Lo yadiburi Moshe. There was no speaking to Moshe. Pe'el pe'kebatechila. What does it mean that God didn't speak to Moshe Rabbeinu during those 38 years? Of course he communicated with Moshe. But the level of speech was not the way it was before. Where it was like a mouth to mouth, like a person conversing with their friends, uh, uh, But if they needed to speak, if they needed to speak, like the story of Korach that was after the case of the Miraglim, God would speak to them, of course. 
through an angel, or through the breastplate of the Kohen Gadol, the letters would shine. So in one way or another, God would communicate with Moshe Rabbeinu, but it wasn't the same level, the same intensity, the same clarity that Moshe Rabbeinu had previously from that stage until all the people of the generation passed away. Rabbi I learned from here something very powerful. Because really, although we're talking about Moshe Rabbeinu, and we're talking about his level of nivu'ah, which, was, which superseded the level and the concept of the way God spoke to any Navi before or after him, this idea is true. The levels of the way God speaks to humanity, whether in Moshe's level or the Navi's level or through a Malach or through the Urim Vitumin, Hashem speaks also to each and every one of us. On some level, every single one of us is also a Navi. Like we say many times, Am Yisrael imlav if they are not prophets, they are the sons of prophets. And that element, that nivu'ah, it's something we experience in our daily life. So I want to share with you an idea from the Sefer, which means, uh, literally, the expression of uh, the Gemara, it means when someone comes and collects after all the collectors. So he shares an unbelievable idea, and I want to share it with you. We know that Vayikra is read with a little Aleph. And the reason why it was a little Aleph, as we said yesterday, is because it could be read Vayikir, which means, and God happened. It was a coincidence that God appeared to Moshe. And that was from Moshe's humility. But remember, now we're not talking about Moshe. We're just learning from Moshe that there's different levels and ways in which Hashem communicates with a person. One is in the strength of the message. But also, sometimes the strength of the message is defined not by how loudly God is speaking, but how loud the messenger of God's word is. And I want to explain what that means. Imagine for a minute, you have a bunch of hunters, and this is the example that he brings, is a magnificent example. He says in Yalkut Ba'am Lo'es, he brings this unbelievable uh, example. You have a fox who's running through the forest. All of a sudden, he hears the voices of the hunters chasing him with their dogs. He's terrified. He runs from tree to tree, bush to bush, until finally the guy realizes he's surrounded. The fox decides, listen, if I'm going to get out of this, maybe the only way I'm going to get out of this alive is by pretending to play dead. The fox rolls over on his side. He figures maybe he'll take the joy out of the hunting from them. If he, they think he's dead already, the hunters come into the clearing. They see the fox there. And the first person says, Uli, look, he's dead already. The fox thinks, wow, my plan worked. My plan worked. They're going to leave me alone. The first hunter, unfortunately, said something that chills the fox's bones. He says, oh, you know what? It'll be easier now. It'll be easier to cut off his tail. I want to bring his tail back uh, to my house to make, uh, you know, earmuffs, whatever. The fox is like thinking, she bifledged. That was the worst result I could have imagined. He says, but you know what? At least he only wants to take my tail. Otherwise, he would have shot me. So you know what? At least Baruch Hashem, this is where I'm at. I'll continue to play dead. The guy takes out his knife. He cuts off the tail of the fox. The fox is grimacing, but he doesn't move a muscle. Takes everything that he has to not move. All right? Guy cuts the, the tail off. The fox is still there. Then, instead of leaving, he hears the second one say, you know, I think maybe I'm going to take one of these teeth for a souvenir. And the fox thinking, ooh, Lee, now one of my teeth. But you know what? It's only one tooth. I have other teeth at least. 
I'll still have a mouthful of teeth. So the guy comes, he grabs his pliers, he yanks a tooth out, and the fox is sitting there, he's thinking inside, he's like, Jibai Israel! But you know what? He doesn't even move a muscle. Pulls out the, teeth, the tooth. Now comes the third guy, he says, you know what? He has such nice fur. I think I'm gonna slice his stomach open and skin him. Now the fox realizes, if he lets the guy skin him, he's gonna die. So he waits until the guy steps back to get his uh, knife. The fox jumps on his feet and he lights out of there, like, uh, you, know, you know, as fast as he can. Greased lightning. The guy, the, all the, 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 uh, the hunters, they never seen anything like this in their life. They're practically fainting from tahiyat metim that happened to the fox. They all jump back, the fox run, they chase it, but he gets away. Meanwhile, the fox, he, uh, he finally gets to safety and he sits down and he thinks to himself, Oy vavoyli. If anywhere I was going to get up and run, why couldn't I have got up and run before I lost the tooth? Why couldn't I have got up and run before I lost my tail? So to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Every time a person experiences a challenge in their life, it's Borei Olam reaching out to you with a message. But if you say Vayikher, oh, it just happened, this just happened to me, then the little tiny Aleph that Hashem sends you, the first message, has to get a little bit bigger, a little bit louder. Because Hashem is still speaking to you. He still wants you to change your ways to become better. So the situation, the things that happen to me get a little worse. And then again, what happens? Oh, you know what? I'm having a, a stream of bad luck. He says, I can't believe it, Rabbi. You know, maybe I, I should say, forget the ayinah, do teshuvah. No, it's a coincidence. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to check the mezuzah. And maybe a person should check his mezuzah. But sometimes I think, you know what? Maybe, Rahi, the problem is not in the mezuzot. Maybe the problem is in you. Don't check your mezuzot. Check your heart. If a person sees challenges coming his way, says the Gemara, you should check your deeds. The Gemara does not say, if a person has troubles, but it's much easier to check a mezuzah than it is to check your heart, to check your deeds, to try and improve. But the Aleph keeps getting bigger because we keep saying, Vayikeh. It's a mistake, it's a coincidence, it's this, it's Ben Mazal, it's something else, it's this other guy, this person, that person, everything is Hashem. And then what happens at the end, after all the messages, and the messages got louder and louder, we're sitting like the fox in the clearing thinking, she bifledge, if I was going to change anyway, why do I have to change now from this Sarah? I could have I done something way back when, when it was just a tiny message. The Khatam Sofer, if his button fell off of his shirt or his jacket, he would turn to Hashem and say, Hashem, I got the message. Don't call again. I got it. And he would do the Hajbon Nefesh. Because if the person could see that it was Hashem calling and not coincidence, when the Aleph is very small, then the Aleph doesn't need to get any bigger. How powerful is that? And I like to think this to myself all the time. If a person is listening carefully, then they can hear HaKadosh Baruch Hu communicating to them in a myriad of ways. Sometimes very positively, sometimes negatively. But all, either way, Hashem is whispering in our ears non-stop. And the question is, what do we do with that whisper? How are we going to change? How are we going to improve? How are we going to learn a lesson? And once that happens, we build ourselves a fortress, if you will, around because we don't need anything else to come our way to redirect our ways. By the way, 
I always love saying this. You know what? One of the easiest ways to imagine HaKadosh Baruch Hu is by imagining ourselves. And that's why the Chinuch says, the reason why we have Kibud Ava'em in this world, why did Hashem make parents? Why couldn't He just allow human beings to just pop into existence? And He's, you know, just as an egg. Like you grow out of a, like a piece of blade of grass. You know, a person could grow out of the ground. You know, why did Hashem make it that human beings were born with parents? The Chinuch says, in order to learn the paradigm of how to respect Hashem, we learn first how to respect our mini-creators. And then through that we can learn how to respect our major creator. What that means is that we can learn from the paradigm of parents and parenting what Hashem is. Ready for this? If you're a parent, you'll know this. You're downstairs at the bottom of the stairs and you say to your kid, David, no response. David, no response. David! No response. David, if you don't come downstairs, you're losing it. Meanwhile, Hazit, the kid's already in the car. <laughs> but each time, there's not, he's listening. What does a parent do? Raises the voice, raises the volume. Then there comes the thing about, I'm leaving without you. If you don't come, I'm not taking you to school afterwards. You're not going to go to your friend. That concept, that is what's happening to us. Boreo Olam, he's begging. He wants to do all the things for us that will help. But if we're not listening, you don't see his hand. He can't help you. So to speak, we hold the keys for God's salvation in our life. But we need to recognize Hashem's voice. Baruch Adonai Le'olam.